Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Oh my gosh. Um, constant, constant. It's <laughs> a constant crisis. Like 911. Always. All the time. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like our nerves are shot. Oh, I, I think I'm get, I get a new gray hair every single transaction. Oh There's my like gosh. <laughs> what blows my mind is like, I do feel like I'm deadened to it a little bit because like, uh, my younger folks on my team, something will happen and they were like freaking out. Like, somebody's calling or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, they sound upset. They can calm down. Our stress levels do change <laughs> where we can handle stress once like you become used yeah. to it. Or mm-hmm. if you're it's stressed for the first time, your maximum stress level yeah. is different than, but ours probably is. We can handle a lot of stress. But yeah. I just feel like we're in constant, constant crisis mode. Yeah. But I think that that's one reason that, that we're good at what we do because I know that me being calm and being able to talk through a conversation and being and just being like, it's number one, it's gonna be okay. Number two, it's not your fault. And this is how I can help you. You know, it, be like, the duck. Like, you're calm on the calm yeah. up above and just fluttering, fluttering, fluttering. Yeah, and fluttering I'm messaging, below the water. and I'm messaging Angel. Yeah, while I'm talking to them. Right. Right. Free, free, freakishly messaging or Angel. Doing the podcast and phone calls, text <laughs> yeah. messages are coming just in. Life's happening all the time, all the time. But and then still calm on top. I mean, but that's like that's composure, right? Like we have to have composure, and so you can move the needle. You can assess a problem and still be able to keep your head screwed on straight. And, and I think most people, like even with the interest rates and 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 our market being different, we have so many people running around like Chicken Little, screaming that the sky is falling. It hasn't fallen yet. It's not. It's going to be okay. It's you didn't do anything okay. wrong. And here's how I can help you. <laughs> I love that. You know, I mean, that's just okay, uh, what, good for me. What was your latest crisis? What's the major uh, crisis that you've dealt with that you I had a shit to- employee. I thought that I hired a really, really good employee. I think I talked about it before. Somebody I thought was super experienced and I was so impressed. And I just turned her loose. I turned her loose. She was like a little firecracker and everybody liked talking to her. And she's super cute. And she sounded so knowledgeable. And so I just turned her loose and she just started writing loans. And I'm like, cool, everything's going great. Well, turns out that everything that she was touching was wrong. And so I had like, piles of loans and she had called like everyone in my database and she was you know going through homebot and everything and and having all these conversations and sending out these total cost analysis and telling people that they qualified for stuff that they didn't qualify for and when i found out i figured it out that's what was happening it put me into crisis mode because i had to backpedal 
everything. I had to go through every single file, undo everything that she so did. So doubled your work. Had to go. If you just would have yeah. started them from the beginning, it would have been fine. But had, having to backtrack doubles yeah. the work. Had to call clients, reset expectations for them. So keep them happy. So I had to write some checks. I had to undo all the things that she did. We had one that was under contract that completely did not work at all and had a three-week closing date. <gasps> and it was like, it fell flat on its face like four times because of the what did the way she said it. Oh, heck yeah. Of course you did. We got it done. But it was like we were bleeding, you know, and literally the blood, sweat and tears, all of that. And, you know, that's to me, we don't write crappy loans here. And she was writing crappy loans and my name was attached. And that is a crisis mode. Yeah. You know, and we're constantly dealing with crises from family, especially with my girls being younger, you know, her Mm. earring fell out. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Worst it thing is that terrible. All day. She lost an earring. Oh. An hour of crying. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was my crisis. Right? I mean, I've lost, I, I had that happen. I wore it my- It was a Kim Kardashian moment. Oh. It wasn't a diamond earring. But. Well, I, I lost a, I lost a diamond earring in, in bed. You know, I woke up, I, I think I trucked around like three quarters of the day with one earring in my ear. <laughs> and then, but I, so I rushed back to the house and sure enough, there it was underneath my pillow. Crisis resolved. Crisis resolved, <laughs> but it was very dramatic. But how about you? What was your most recent crisis? Um, you've been there helping me through this one, just processing and letting me talk. Yeah. Um, just went down an anxiety spiral and I did nothing legally wrong, ethically wrong, but it just felt like I did. And I yeah. think that's what caused me so much pain. So I had a high end listing, got the buyer, we're under contract. Mm-hmm. The buyer and I have a great relationship with everybody, but the buyer one week before close decided he wanted to write an offer on something else. Mm. And he calls me like at nine o'clock at night, I write the offer on something else, oh. but total panic mm-hmm. and just... And you got the offer accepted? We didn't. Oh, okay. But they at that time, they decided they didn't want the other house. And basically, I just went down this terrible spiral of all the things that could happen. And it just, basically, dual agency isn't worth it, is what I've decided. No. And I've learned in your lesson. Exactly. And I've had a lot of dual agency that's been, I've never had a problem, felt easier because there's one less person involved. I felt like I was in control of everything. Right. And but what I've learned and I've heard from so many agents who have been doing it for a very long time, they no longer do dual agency. Mm-hmm. You can get bit once and you'll never do it again. It's really the one of the biggest ways that realtors can find themselves in hot water is dual yeah. agency. Because you And we're human beings. You, you kind of forget who you're representing, how you're representing both of them. And again, I've never had a problem until now, but it just isn't worth it now that I have a team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do dual, dual agency ever again. Yeah. But I mean, that's the most important part. I mean, we were just talking about that yesterday and like, some of the things that I did last year professionally, I would never do again. Right. And sometimes you have to learn, even I've heard that lesson from so many other agents, Mm -hmm. other agents in our office don't, I think there's three that have been working for a long time and they've told me they'll never do it again. Sometimes you have to learn the lessons yourself. Yeah. And, you do, but the most important part is that you do learn it. And don't do it again. Yep. And, you know, I've had it in the past where I've had people that actually attacked me and our team. One ended up actually making us all jobless in one fell swoop, which was super low class. And, you know, there's a special place in hell for people that do things like that. (laughs) Um, And I mean, that's just how I feel about it. But, you know, here I had, what, seven people standing there in a hallway holding their plants, not knowing what to do, looking at me, not crying, not knowing 
if they were going to get paid or have a job. And so, you know, I put it together and, and, and got us all reset up and established and we were rolling. And so that happened on a Monday and we were back rolling again the following week. So, no, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. We were back on track the following Monday, you know, but, and, you know, Did and then I a- wrote personal checks to cover their compensation for all <sighs> those days that they wrote, that they had personal checks. So you, know? you had to be the leader in that moment. Yeah. Be calm, Even though I get was through freaking the crisis. Yes. Yeah. So did you, after yeah. you got through it, did you have a breakdown? Because that's usually how I am. I'm usually fine through the crisis, manage it. And then it's afterwards and process. I'm like, oh, that was actually a lot. <laughs> I might need to sleep for a couple extra hours. <laughs> um, you know, I'm good as long as my husband and I are good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 99% of the time we are. I remember at one point I was going through a lot of stuff and I wasn't being very um, present at home because I was going through so many things at work and I was just kind of existing there, sleeping and and then leaving again, which is not cool, but that's, you know, the season I was in and I just... Wait, so you would... I was just working a ton. Okay, so you just sleep and... I thought you meant like left in the middle of the night type no, of thing. No, I mean, well, because, you know, <laughs> trying to get to work and then working all, you know, working all night and, you know, just, just when you're in that season yep. of having to put things together and all you're doing is working and you're not there for your family. And I remember like I had gone through so many things and I'd kept my held, head held high. I hadn't had a meltdown. I just kept moving forward and moving forward. And my husband made like just this slight little baby comment about me answering a phone call when he was having a conversation with me and how that was rude that I had did, which is true. Right. It was rude, but I'm constantly in this. I'm constantly three places at one time and I'm working on it, but he made the slightest comment and I like lost my mind because it was like, I felt like I had been safe with him and that everything was okay with him and that I wasn't hurting him or causing him any drama. And then uh, with everything going on and then he made that comment and and I just like lost it. I'm like, I can't do it's, it's everything the- for everybody all the time. I can't be everything for everybody all the time. And now you're judging me. And, you know, now I can't be who I need to be for you because I'm trying to be so much for other people. And I'm, now I'm letting you down. And then I get defensive because... You were looking for the fight though. You were yeah. like, if that little comment probably wouldn't have bothered... Was, I don't know that I was looking for I didn't want to no, fight. But maybe you were ready for... You maybe you felt that that was coming from him and felt that it was coming from you. And so that one little comment, maybe, yeah. I was already really raw. Yeah. Already. Yeah. I was already really raw. And, you know, I mean, talking about that for a minute, you know, how important is it? You know, I've talked to Zane about this a ton and I'm trying to get better at it. Is that especially when you're dealing with crisis or you're dealing with just difficult times to be 100% present wherever your feet are because even when you're going through shit, like you have to be present for your family. Yes. Like you have to be able to compartmentalize it and be able to say, I am here. I am a mama and a wife right now. Yep. I am not anything else. And then, but, but at the same time, when I go to work, don't bother me with anything <laughs> that is, unless you're like the house is on fire. I would love to chat with you all day and check in with you and see how your day is going. But like I'm working, I'm working and, you know, just, I mean, I love touching base, but I'm such in work mode. And that, you know, when my family will call me during the day, I used to get really mad and say, because stop, I can't even have a focused conversation with you because my mind's working right now. Right. So help me to be where I need to be so I can navigate through the difficult things that I'm navigating through. So then I can be present for you when I'm home. So uh, I came home the other day. 
like I think it was, again, don't know what day it is. <laughs> Maybe it was two nights ago. And I have all these deals that are about ready to close. And I should have just stayed in my car 10 more minutes to finish up. But instead I was just, I was home a little bit late. Yeah, you were trying to hustle in. I was in. trying to hustle in. I'm still dealing with these text messages. Yep. And my daughter comes up to me and just asking me questions, telling me about her day. And I totally snapped. I'm like, hey, I got to finish this text message. And she mm. went away. And then I finished the text message and I just went and hugged her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't yeah. fair. But all I had to do, could have done is just stayed in my car 10 Stay more minutes. in your car. Yeah. And then be in the moment with her. Because then as soon as I was super at the end of this part of the deal, I put my phone away after I snapped at her. Yeah. Um, put my phone away for the rest of the night. Yeah. And it was great. But I saying it out loud just holds myself accountable. Yeah. Talking about the husband. My husband uh, has a new career change, still at the same bank, but doing a different yeah, a new a new role there. Cool. Yeah, it's great. And what we've been doing every night, we usually put the kids to bed. Yeah. And then start watching TV, whatever show we're watching. But we've been for the last couple of weeks, we just sit down and talk, and it's yeah. been so wonderful. Just talking I think you all should turn long. the television off in general. Yes. It just it just takes so much quality time away from your family when you're limited, anyways. Exactly. You and know, you're not with them if just because you're sitting next to them. Exactly. And sometimes yeah. it's nice just to, after crazy days, just to totally veg out and not think about yeah. anything. But sitting down and talking and going through our day and talking about our future and the possibilities and the kids, and we talk about where we messed up and where right. we can do better. And then it's been so, so nice and therapeutic and mm -hmm. makes me love them even more. Yeah. And it's, you know, like we don't need to borrow drama on television. No. You know, like we don't need to like go through all the emotions because your brain doesn't know the difference on whether or not it's happening in real life or whether or not it's happening on TV. Your brain doesn't know the difference. It just identifies, you know, stress or identifies an emotion or so your body, like in your brain is going through all the emotions as if you're going through it, which at this point in your day, you need a break. That's the last thing you need. That's the last thing. Your brain doesn't need more exercise. Right. I can't watch a horror film. I, I can never watch a horror film. But no, me neither. That, that sounds like oh my the first thing I would want to do when... You're kind of at your peak max mm -hmm. stress level mm -hmm. and then having to go watch something like that, that would, yeah, awful. Absolutely. It would be totally awful. So what awful. do you guys do at night? Um, well, you know, um, we have conversation. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of conversation. Sometimes there'll be like maybe one, one show will roll by, but then I've been dragging him to bed. You know, yeah. it's like, I want to go spend time with you and I don't want to stare at the stupid screen. Your son probably goes to bed somewhere time as you guys then. No, he's starting to stay up later. Like he's yeah. getting that teenager, yeah. you know, he needs so to stay up later and so watch, he, he'll, he'll watch TV. So he'll stay up later than you guys. Oh yeah. I oh. go to bed like an old lady. I have to rest. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, I get up early and I'm working out and I'm, you know, Speaking I'm Speaking of which, you're too, looking great. I know oh, we I talked about that. so good. You I feel look, so good. You look... I mean, you look lighter, not the actual weight, but you're, you Thank look you. lighter. I feel lighter. Oh, good for I you. I feel lighter. You know, I'm doing two a day workouts, but, um, girlfriend, but, but I mean, the second workout is just walking. So it's not like I, it's that hard. I love walking. I think it's a great way to relieve it stress. It's so good for way. your body. Thank it's you. It's not super high intensity, but it's still a great way to just process things and get rid of that crisis feeling that we're feeling all day. Well, and to tie those two things together, how often do we, do we attach crisis with alcohol? And there was a file like that fell apart, not our fault. It was client, absolutely. People should not file their own taxes. We're just going to say that. My um, husband's an accountant, so we do, but very, very Well, there you go. Okay. But like normal people should not file business taxes. Yes. You know, they have no idea what they're talking about. So anyway, it's file fell flat on its face and it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. I was worried because she's a single mom with two kids and I was worried she was going to be homeless and all these things. And I said, I was 
the anxiety level was so high and I have not like actually shed tears for a long time. That would actually make me cry. And I was really, really proud of myself that I didn't dive into a bottle. You know, I feel like I want to cry. Good for you. Yeah. How has I it didn't. been? A really, really good. I actually, that particular night, <laughs> this sounds kind of lame, but I was walking and it was raining and I was like out there in the rain walking and crying. And oh, I, I but that felt so good. But like when I turn around and when I made it back to my little tiny house I'm staying in, you know, I, the sunshine came out and I felt better. And I was like, I am so proud of myself for not using alcohol as the fix on this because my past life, I would have, I'd have been two bottles in. Tyler and I are doing the same thing. We've cut way, way, way back. And cause you know, we were, it's, it's, it's easy to finish you know, half a bottle or a bottle of wine a night. Like, especially if you start especially at five and two go people. till 10. Yeah, exactly. That's easy. Yeah. And so what we're doing now is, especially with the weather being nice, it makes it a lot easier, but we'll come home mm-hmm. and, you know, you're just talking about that max capacity and then we have to deal with our kids and get them mm-hmm. fed and get them fed. So what we do now is we get home and we just go for a walk around our neighborhood, which yeah. is an, almost exactly in a mile loop, which is yeah. nothing, but it's amazing. And it cuts that desire to drink. Yeah. Because what you do when you're drinking after long days, when you're stressed out, you're trying to get rid of the stress. Mm-hmm. But walking for us has been so nice to cut that and yeah. it makes us just not want need it or want it. I've learned too that um, by getting enough protein, I'm not craving the alcohol. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I mean, I feel fed. I mean, I think honestly, Alicia, I think I was just drinking so much alcohol. I was just hungry. I was just hungry. Completely. And you know, days when you wake up hungover, you're trying to get something to make yourself feel better. So I get that yeah. breakfast burrito or whatever it is. Oh my God. I feel like I've licked a cat's butt or something <laughs> like that. I hate that flavor and the, like just that taste in your mouth. It wakes me up in the middle of the night and I was like clawing at my tongue. I hate it. It's just like, why do we do that? And then the guilt comes in and then you're already dealing with a crisis and now you feel like shit and you're, Anxiety you're hungover real. and you know, your head hurts. Now you're dealing with bullshit too. I mean, it's just, you gotta learn how to cope better. And I still think about our conversation with Tracy Wheat Hughes. I mean, it was so impactful. And I've listened to that podcast, I don't know how many times, and she's so amazing. And I told her too, I was like, you know, I've been a long time without any alcohol. And, you know, then uh, Zane and I hadn't seen each other in two weeks. And so he and I went out and did, um, we had uh, dinner at Second Street Bistro and we did the wine flight and then there was the cognac and it was fabulous. It really, really was. But I woke up the next morning and I'm like, I really wish I hadn't done the wine flight. Yeah. You know, I, I could have enjoyed dinner just fine without the wine flight. And now I feel crappy. You didn't need it. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. And then I felt guilty. So But yeah. don't feel guilty. I mean, just acknowledging it and moving on is what you can do. Sometimes the guilt can make people drink more. Yeah. Um, like, well, I drank last night. I might as well drink again tonight type of thing. Yeah. So, but even saying it out loud and you talking about it is the best way to keep getting better. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm that's so what we've been doing. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's what we've been doing. I mean, Zane's been walking with me, yeah. which I appreciate him doing that so much. And I know it's just a simple thing, but it's like, you know, when I'm trying to get all my, all my steps in and do all the shit that I'm supposed to be doing, which is being very effective for me. And I feel really, really good just to do that together. So we're having a lot of really great conversations. And he's very well averse to the things that were that stressed me out, and we're making plans. Right? Isn't it amazing too how much better you've gotten with the crises? Like I remember just getting phone calls when I first started real estate, and I'd be, get off a bad phone call. It just didn't go great, or they maybe were rude from another agent, what have you. And I would just have to process it and process it and process it right. with Tyler, and just like, oh, and then she said this, and then she said this, right? And now you're I just right. get off the phone. I'm like, that. oh, well, she's kind of rude. 
and then yeah. let it go. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely relive it and relive it and tell all your friends, I can't believe she did this. And blah, 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 blah. And but every time you do that again, we're going back to our brain stimulus, right? Like every time you retell the story, it's like I've stopped telling the stories about the, you know, bitches that I've had in my in, in my life because every single time I re- I tell that story, my brain has to re-go through it again as if it's happening right now. And anger is something that you choose to go into. You can keep building on it, building on it. It's fine to feel that anger for a quick moment, but you can, you fuel it yourself. Right. And you throw that, yeah, you throw that fuel on the fire. That really just makes it get angrier and angrier. And that's your decision that you make to get into that state. And Mm. it takes a while to learn how to let that go. But I'm proud of myself for really getting so much better at it. And remember, every single time your body goes through stress, you release cortisol, which cortisol makes you fat. (laughs) So stop it. So stop it. So you're getting better at that. Hence why you're so skinny. Well, dealing with cortisol is a serious, serious thing. So yeah, crisis, absolutely. You need to learn how to manage it. Oh, and one last thing that I do want to say, and I think we might go down a little bit of a rabbit hole because it just reminded me I wanted to say it, is that it is so important when you are a leader of people that you keep your head on your, on your shoulders. You cannot let them see you lose your mind. Right. So what I do too, like with that terrible transaction I had, I let them know what, what happened, but I didn't let them see how emotional I was about it. But I wanted to let them know because I do learn from other people's mistakes and I hope that they learn from mine. I know they're going to have to make their own mistakes to really, you know, really process some of that stuff. But you're yeah. absolutely right. I'll let them know where I messed up. Yep. But I'm going to tell you the story about it. Right. Tell you what we're going to do about exactly. it. Exactly. Tell you how it affects everybody. But not let them see you truly sweat and how awful it is. You do have to keep your head together. You do have to keep your head together. You know, when they were all standing there holding their plants, crying, like I couldn't cry. No. I, I mean, can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? Go in your car and cry by yourself when no one's around. Absolutely. I remember one time too, just that um, it was a direct attack on me. And, you know, the better you do, the bigger the bullseye is on your back. And somebody was directly attacking me personally. And I remember driving home and processing in my mind and actually, like, actually getting upset and crying and then, you know, doing some screaming and some you know, banging on it, just, just get going through the whole process of all the anger that it has was causing for me. And then I went into the mode of, I want to make sure that my son knows this lesson. And, and I literally called him on the phone at that moment. And I was kind of crying and all the things. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this. I don't care that I'm a mess right now. I want him to know. I don't want, I don't want to not experience this and then wrap it all up in a tight little ball and tuck it back down where I found it and then not fully convey to him how much it matters that he knows how to deal with this. And so I called him and I, and I told, you know, went through my husband, I need to talk to my kid. And, and I told him, I'm like, it is so vitally important that you are, the better you do, the more people are going to attack you and you have to just keep getting up and keep moving forward. You have to, it's the greatest revenge you possibly can do. You have to just keep moving forward and people are going to attack you and attack you and attack you. And you're going to, you're going to feel like you're alone in the world, but you're not. And you just have to keep moving forward. And he was like, you know, he's 13. He's like, okay, mom. He's going to hear that though. Yeah. He heard me. Yeah. He heard me. And it was like, because he's got that personality where he's going to be a leader and he's going to do things in his, and I think he really is in his world. And, you know, he's cute and he's smart and he's witty and there's people that are going to hate him for it. And there are people that literally are going to look at you and they don't want you to succeed. And they will do everything that they can to not let you succeed. And not because, not, not because they're intentionally doing it, but because they're jealous and they want it too. And they're more angry at themselves. But I just really wanted him to know that message. And I, and you just got to keep getting up and keep going. And even when it's hard, even when it's hard, like even when 
you don't even allow your mind to have a to have a thought about it. All you it's all you get to think about is what is the next step that I have to do right now to the next step to the next step to the next step to the next step. And you don't get to have an opinion because it's all the opinion bitch bullshit that goes around through your mind all the time. That's where we get stuck. We're like, oh, this sucks or, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. And then we just like, we can't do anything. So this is the next thing that needs to happen. Then the next thing, then the next thing, and the next thing and staying focused. So I don't know. Thank you for that. Yeah. Good job, mama. Thanks, lady. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.